This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That And welcome back to another episode of Football CFB. I am delighted today to be joined by Michael Reshka, who is a very influential figure within European football. He is the head of European football operations at the Stellar Group. He's also had a highly successful career in youth coaching at Bayer Leverkusen and held positions such as general manager, technical director and sporting director at clubs such as Bayern Munich, Stuttgart and Schalke, among a few others. First of all, Michael, how are you? Yes, I'm, I'm pretty fine. I think we have to, to uh, take everything what happened uh, in, in the best way that's even possible. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's it's been a, a strange time at the moment, but football has has continued. And I want to start by talking to you about your current role. You are the head of European football with the Stellar Group. I interviewed Jonathan Barnett last year. He was very forthright and honest as always. What does your role involve on a daily basis? Um, Stella, uh, of course, is in England, uh, maybe the number one of all the agencies and uh, very successful over many years. And some years ago, uh, the company ex uh, excited to, uh, to develop also in Europe. Um, decided, not excited, decided to develop in, in, in Europe. And uh, even uh, in this moment, when they grow more and more, for them, I think it would be helpful so, so to have someone on, on her side in the company who organize and lead the, the, the European offices. And that was my role in Stella. And in terms of working with Stella, a lot of people think that that sort of role will be focused just on player transfers, but the role is much bigger than that. Of course, uh, the, the transfer of the player is at least, is, a, is the last part of the, of the uh, relationship between the company and, and, and the players. We have a close relationship, we, we take care of them. We're, very often you have uh, special problems with, uh, with a lot of players in many cases, and uh, it's also our our part to support them in the best way ever. And uh, I recognize, of course, uh, what 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 happened in in uh, in, in England, where, where where Stella is very successful and has been a, a magnificent uh, story. But also in, in in Spain, in Portugal, in Scandinavia, in Germany, in France. Uh, in, in Belgium, in, in Holland, we, we have a lot of fantastic players and it's our part to, to support them in the best way ever. I mentioned in the intro that you are known to many for being a general manager, a sporting director, a technical director, but you were a very successful youth coach with Bayer Leverkusen. You won the Under-19 Championship in 1986. Many of the players in your team went on to have top-level careers, how do you reflect on that time in your career? 
Yeah, first of all, for, for me, it was a, a, a little shame. Of course, it, it's more or less funny that I was uh, more than uh, 30 years, the youngest coach who ever uh, became uh, German and a 19 champion. But then came this uh, guy called Julian Nagelsmann, and he was one year younger than I am at this time to became German champion, yes. Um, so so uh, it, it was a, at least it was a fantastic time that I that I had with the players and, and just uh, two weeks ago when when I visit uh, Stella Portugal I met Stefan Schwartz who has been a, a successful player for for the Swedish national team for many years and of course he also have played in in Sunderland uh, in the better times and and also in in, in Arsenal and and it's it, it always great to uh, to to get your former players and uh, uh, get big big memories. In terms of yourself, you've held the role of sporting director and technical director, as I have mentioned. You've worked at clubs such as Bayern Munich and Stuttgart. A lot of journalists and fans seem to believe that clubs should have a sporting director in modern football. Do you believe that the role is essential for a club to run as smoothly as possible? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I think um, in, in the football has developed in an unbelievable way in the last years. And I think it's even not any more possible for the, for the coach. We say in German, we say trainer. In, in England, you say, I, I think it's normally to, to call them manager. Uh, when you play international, you have three games the week. Uh, as a manager, you have to pre uh, prepare your team, you have lead the whole staff, you have been there for the medias, for the fans, for the, for the uh, uh, supervisory board and even for the, maybe for the owners. And then beside all this, to control the transfer market, to, to get the best solutions, to be in touch with the scouting office and uh, to, to get the overview about all sport details in a club is not possible anymore. And I, I, I recognize that it became more and more also in England that, uh, that you have strong sport directors like uh, Chiki Beregistein uh, with, with City or Marina Granovskaya, who, uh, whom I like very much. I, I, I know her from, from, from some meetings who did a very professional job. And uh, um, I, I think that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's very important and it will be in the future without any doubts in all English clubs. I'm pretty sure about this. And when you are the sporting director, how important is it for you to have a good, strong relationship with the manager or the trainer? Yes, <laughs> of course, that's uh, the uh, most difficult part because, uh, as you know, in my time, I had a lucky situation that I worked together with fantastic coaches like Christoph Daum, uh, like, like Jupp Heinkes, and at least I had a fantastic two years together with Pep Guardiola in, 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 in Munich. It was outstanding to, to work together with Pep and we, we still have a very close relationship. But of course, uh, also uh, in my time, for example, in Stuttgart, uh, there was uh, two times the situation that we have to cancel the contract with, with the coach and, and I was responsible for these decisions. Uh, and, and even this is important to, 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 to get a feeling um, when is the time that it didn't work anymore, the relationship between, uh, uh, between the coach or, again, as you call it in, in England, the manager 
and the team. And then you have also to fill this decision as a sport director. Yes. Remember, let's let's make one story. I will ask you a question. Do you think, and be sure, I respected Frank Lambert totally high, totally high. He was an outstanding person. He was fantastic in, 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 in all his career. But are you sure that Chelsea will uh, win the Champions League if Marina hasn't felt the decision? Um, no, I, I, I think they, they had to change coach. And I think Thomas Tuchel, when he came in, was able to take the team to an entirely different level with the same group of players. So I would say it was the right decision. Even though I agree with you, Lampard was an incredible player. Yeah, so you see, Marina has felt this, this decision and it was not the greatest decision for all, uh, for all Chelsea fans. Uh, they, uh, she was a little bit under pressure in, in this time and, uh, and, and a, lot of, a lot of fans didn't love this decision. But at least... Chelsea win the Champions League, and uh, I was pretty sure that uh, that Thomas Tuchel and even his his partner Joel Löw, uh, um, as a, as his assistant, they did a fantastic job in Chelsea in a, in a short time, and it was unbelievable what happened there. And so that was a decision that could that that, that could be felt by Frank Lampard. <laughs> he, he wouldn't do this. So it was a decision of Marina Granovskaya, and that's part of the story. You, you mentioned another manager earlier who is arguably the, the greatest manager in, in, in modern times. Obviously, Sir Alex Ferguson is it's always going to be mentioned there, but a lot of people consider Pep Guardiola to have revolutionised football in England and changed a lot of people's minds um, in terms of how football should be played. You mentioned earlier that you worked alongside Pep and that you have a good relationship with him. He is a very intense person. He always wants the best. What is he like to work with on a daily basis? It was fantastic because he opened your eyes. He, uh, um, in, in, uh, I, I was working in, in Bundesliga 41 and a half years. 41 and a half years in Bundesliga clubs. I think that's a long time. But in, during this time, there is nobody who uh, give me more influenced more, opened my mind more than Pep in these two years. It was unbelievable. He was such a great person. And, and uh, even we have had a, a lot of nice, nice dinners. We, we have daily contact. And still when I'm uh, in, in, in England, when I'm in Manchester, we, we met each other. And you can imagine how he feels the game, how, how deep he analyze players and matches and he was also a fantastic great person without any doubts and when you look at what he was able to do at Bayern you mentioned working with other top managers like Jupp Heynckes and others when you look at Pep Guardiola do you think there is a there is a possibility that when he retires we will look back and think of him as arguably the greatest coach of all time uh, as you uh, spoke about Alex Ferguson, who has done an incredible job in, in, in United, I think it's, it's very difficult to compare this. But uh, what Pep has done uh, in football, his influence in football, his, his mind changes the match without any doubts. So when you speak with the uh, top coaches in Germany, especially when you, are, when you speak with Thomas Tuchel, yes, when you speak with a lot of other, when, when you speak with Julian Nagelsmann, 
they all loved Pep. They all respected him totally highly. And they all told that it was great to speak with him, to be influenced by him. And so I, I, I think what, what Pep has done in the, in the, in the last 15, 15 years as a, as a, as a coach, as a, as a manager, and how he developed the match was unbelievable. Is it true that Pep recommended Thomas Tuchel as his successor at Bayern? Is that story true? Yes, uh, I don't know if you know. I uh, I have had uh, two two uh, dinners together with with uh, Pep and Thomas Tuchel. I was the one who bring them together, and I remember after after the first dinner we had uh, the next morning when I sit together with, with Pep in his office, he told me, "Michael, I love this young German coach." Uh, and of course, in this time, it was not uh, Thomas Tuchel who was uh, so successful in in Dortmund, in Paris Saint Germain, and in even, even now in, in Chelsea, he was a young coach from Mainz 05. And uh, Pep told me he must become the next coach of Bayern Munich. He would be the best decision after when I retired. But of course, the story didn't work. <laughs> and at least uh, Thomas did, uh, uh, did his job very successfully in other clubs. <laughs> Absolutely. And another, another manager that, that you worked with who... Is another icon of European football, just returned to Real Madrid, um, Carlo Ancelotti. What was he like to work with? Because I imagine because of his age um, and the era of football that he grew up with, I imagine his style was a little different. Uh, Carlo was a, a gentleman. He was someone who has a natural authority and he was the one who leads, especially the top players, in a very special way. He had the feeling... To, uh, to put them short or to get the long line. And uh, uh, he, has, he has something special when he came in the room. He fills the room. So, so he, he, has, uh, he has also uh, some special, special things that can influence uh, a team and, and also a game, for sure. And in terms of the Bundesliga as a league, in the UK, we have watched many of our young players go to the Bundesliga to develop. You think of Jadon Sancho being the maybe the standout player. Obviously, he's just returned to Manchester United for a lot of money. Do you believe that the Bundesliga is arguably the best league in Europe for developing young players because they get an opportunity that they might not get in the Premier League? Yes, I, I, I think uh, Bundesliga is uh, half a step behind the Premier League. And uh, it is fantastic normally when uh, the, the infrastructure of all the clubs is very good. We have fantastic managers. We have fantastic even staffs around, second co assistant coaches or analysts who work on a very high level with, uh, with the young kids. And of course, the, the league is uh, uh, even a fantastic competition. So, and uh, uh, to... To, to jump in the Bundesliga and to develop in the Bundesliga, maybe as the next step to come to the top uh, top six or top eight uh, uh, in the Premier League is uh, is a fantastic step for young for young players without any doubts. I also have to ask you about the the German national team, eliminated in the last sixteen at the Euros. However, they've had a lot of success. You think back to two thousand and fourteen. Does the team need a reset under Hansi Flick? Or could you see them challenging next year at the World Cup with him as the manager now? 
first of all, I, I uh, had before the European starts, I had some interviews and I told most of the journalists I spoke with uh, that that was a very special European championship because players have had uh, at least uh, some of them 16, 18 months with uh, a special uh, special pressure with the corona crisis and and nobody knows what will happen during this this European championship even it was the end of a very very long uh, uh, season so uh, the, the the German team for sure did not did not on on on, on that top level in, in this in this European competition but uh, be sure we will come back very strong again, and I'm I'm sure that that Hande Flick will uh, will do a fantastic job. Even, and that's for sure. Also, don't forget about it. Joachim Löw has done also a fantastic job, and and at least the end was was a, a little bit painful, but at least he uh, he has done over many years a fantastic job in Germany. Absolutely. Um... Another aspect of your career that intrigues me is uh, bringing in younger players on loan to develop. I mentioned the likes of Jaden Sancho developing in the Bundesliga, but when you were at Bayer Leverkusen, the likes of Tony Kroos, Danny Carvajal arrived at the club on loan. In your current role, where you are speaking to clients of Stellar on a regular basis, do you encourage younger players to go out on loan if possible to aid their development? Yeah, uh, that, that is a very important part of our of, of our job. Um, I, I always uh, told this this young players: you have to dance on your best floor. So if you are not ready, for example, for the top six in England, and you are not part of the first eighteen, it's better to play in maybe. Uh, um, the, the Bundesliga, or, or maybe maybe in the Eredivisie in in in, in Holland, uh, to to develop to to improve because, of course, training is very very important. But the most important thing for a young player is to stay on the pitch and to, and to get, get experience by by important games. And normally, these games cannot be done in second teams. It's better to play in a first team. Football in a in a in a in a uh, in a strong league in in Europe, and if you play there as a young kid, and it's very important. And just when you when we spoke about the examples, when when we signed uh, in in my time in Leverkusen, when we signed Toni Kroos from Bayern Munich, or Dani Cavajal from Real Madrid, they are both don't play regular in Munich or Real Madrid in the first team, and then they did one year. Dani Cavajal one year, Tony Kroos one and a half year in Leverkusen. And when they came back, they are from the first moment starting 11 players. Dani, in, Dani with Real and Tony Kroos uh, with Munich. And I was pretty sure if they haven't done the step to Leverkusen and if they stay in the second teams, they will not uh, improve on the same way. I'm definitely sure about this. The last question I've got for you, and before I ask it, thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, we're speaking during the transfer window. I'm not going to ask you about players individually. However, at the start of the interview, we both mentioned COVID and the effect it's had on the world around us. That obviously also impacts upon the football world. Do you believe that the transfer market now is a buyer's market because there's only maybe 
a handful of clubs who can really spend money that we're used to seeing being spent in European football at this moment in time? It was a very complicated transfer market and uh, it will run at least start the, the, the really uh, the big race will start in the, in the middle or the end of August. And uh, sometimes you have to uh, create new ideas. Uh, as you told, loan with options or, or change players or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, uh, the, the, the market will start, will start. Not on the same level than before COVID. And I'm pretty sure that the next year will uh, hopefully will, will even become uh, better in, in, uh, in uh, uh, commercial parts, not only football all over the world. But this year, I agree, it is complicated. It's more complicated than than before. But complicated means to find a special way of solutions. Brilliant, Michael. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her home